0: Hello, everyone. We're glad you found us and welcome to our podcast at antiqueauctionforum.com. We hope you find this show entertaining and informative.
1: Hi everyone, this is Martin and I'm at Pixar Animation Studios and I have a guest today who is a wonderful artist, Dice Satsumi. Mm
0: -hmm. How are you doing? Very good, how are you, Martin?
1: Good, thanks so much for joining us and I always love coming over here. Yeah, it's an amazing place. Thanks for coming back. Yeah, yeah, and first of all, uh, I want to talk. To you about how you start. I mean, how you landed here, and where you started from. So, how long have you been uh, painting?
0: Well, I rather started late, uh, paint, as far as painting goes. I, I didn't really do much art until I got to college, junior college. Um, I was uh, I was an international student, um, didn't speak much English, so uh, uh, they that let me only take classes where you don't have to speak much English, and one of which was a painting class. Hmm. And that's how I got into this painting um, uh, class, and then um, it was in a junior college, so there are a lot of old, uh, retired people who are very, very complimentary uh, with me, or with anybody, really. But that got me to uh, have a wrong idea of the fact that I'm talented, you know, They everybody mm-hmm. said, oh, Dice, you're so talented, you're so talented. And I'm like, okay, I think I'm talented. <laughs> and I, I got into the trap. And uh, that's ever since I've been painting uh, all the time because I just fell in love with painting. Uh, let's see, that was back in 93, so it's like almost 18 years ago, 17 years ago. Now, did you draw a lot as a, a kid? I, I did like the cartoon characters or caricatures, of my friends, but but I was never... Good, you know I was decent, but I, you know i o- actually one of my best friends uh growing up was a fantastic, fantastic artist next to me, so I never thought I would be able to pursue a career in art. Wow, and look at you now it's very, very strange you know now you know um, i'm uh, I'm painting every day um, uh, working for a cartoon studio like Pixar.
1: Hmm. Your your website is simplestroke.com.
0: Simple stroke dot dot yeah. mm-hmm. And
1: you have some wonderful works on that. You kind of created a style of your own and, and uh, uh, your colors. I'm going to have some images up mm-hmm. on our, our uh, podcast site. But your colors and your work, it's just amazing. As a matter of fact, when I did the benefit auction here last year, uh, looking at everyone's work from all over the world, your painting is the one that brought the highest price, and to me, it was definitely worth it. It was a beautiful piece. Thank
0: you very much. Yeah. Well, it's it's very difficult to know if I have my personal style or not, but then there's something you can't hide as an artist if you are, because your true yourself always comes out on your painting or drawing mm-hmm. or whatever art form you're doing and um, you know the fact that I grew up in Japan and but I was trained in a western uh, art sort of a western art tradition mm-hmm. um, and uh, maybe the mixture of it kind of makes it a little bit unique maybe a little bit uh, but I do I am fascinated by light you know and mm-hmm. I, I Pixar I'm a, I'm a lighting art director so You know, color and lighting I art direct and, you know, most recently uh, Toy Story 3 was the movie that I art directed. And I just get fascinated by light. I don't know what it Mm -hmm. is, but then just light and color are the things that I uh, get drawn to. Mm -hmm.
1: So let's go back. How, how, I mean, it must be very, very difficult Mm -hmm. to get into Pixar. And so how did your path lead from, say, your junior college days? Sure.
0: So after college, I, I, uh, I studied oil painting in college, you know, and uh, and I wanted to be either an illustrator or a portrait painter. But um, as a foreigner, you know, I, uh, I I didn't have a choice of uh, becoming a freelance based. Uh, I couldn't be on my own. I had to be employed to stay in this country. And then I'm like, okay, so what do I do? Uh, uh, there are a few options. I, I could either become an artist working for a film studio or a game studio. And mm-hmm. I just, I got hired by a company called Lucas Learning, was a George Lucas's video game company. And I got hired and got my visa supported there. Mm-hmm. So that's where I started. Um, now, just on that one subject now how, when you
1: apply for a job like that, do you go on with a portfolio
0: work? exactly mm-hmm. so the p- portfolio that is submitted for that work, which is n- not much different from what I uh, submit for Pixar or even Blue Sky, which is actually um, the next uh, job that I had after Lucas, um, basically a bunch of drawings and painting and il- paintings and illustrations, and if they especially at the time you know computer animation was just becoming popular it was back in 98 and uh they had a lot of people who were interested in computers but they needed artists and then they would train you on the computer kind of thing so i all i showed was my oil paintings and Mm -hmm. they thought i could draw and paint so they hired me and they you know, train me uh, on a computer, like, I couldn't even email back then, so I learned how to email, <laughs> right? you know, wow. and I learned how to use Photoshop and, and some 3D work, you know. But after working at Lucas for two years, I realized I just don't enjoy working for a video game company as much. Uh, it was fun at first, but then I'm not a video game player myself. Mm. So. Um, even though we're producing some high quality stuff i realized you know i want to do something a little bit different something that tells a story and and film really you know animated film really came naturally uh, sort of as my career path mm-hmm. and that's when i um sort of migrated to back to new york so basically i went to school in new york um i got a job at lucas which was in San Rafael, you know, Mm -hmm. the area, and then I went back to New York to work for Blue Sky Studios, which is my second job. Mm -hmm. And Blue Sky, you know, where we made Ice Age, you know, uh, animated movie like Ice Age or Mm -hmm. Robots and Horton Hears a Who, and um, that's where I kind of got training for animation work. Mm -hmm. You get to Blue Sky and then...
1: How did you get the job here at pixar
0: so at pixar at blue sky I was there for a little little bit long you know for seven years i worked on three films and it's a very small industry so i guess the wars traveled and uh over the course of years pixar artists or art directors and production designers have uh noticed my work on mm-hmm. blue sky and um, One day I got an email from uh, Lee Unkrich, who was the director of Toy Story 3. It was his first directing gig, you know, after co-directing other movies like Toy Story 2 and uh, Finding Nemo and stuff. He emailed me saying, I like your work, Dice. I want to work with you. And I first thought uh, Lee Unkrich is a very famous figure in the animation industry, and I just did not believe it. I I thought <laughs> someone was messing with me, cause I just got an email from somebody who I only saw on DVD bonus features or TV interviews and stuff, and and I I could not believe, and he emailed me on my e- sort of personal email account too. Ah. So I just did not believe that email was, you know, um, <laughs> real, real. Uh, but it turned out it was real. Um, mm. Lee uh, liked my lighting work. Mm-hmm. And uh, he wanted me to uh, art direct uh, Toy Story 3 for mm. lighting and color. Um, and uh, and then, of course, I had to come. I mean, you know, um, there are all the other circumstances that, that uh, at the time, you know, my father was ill in Japan. So I mm. wanted to be closer to Japan and also i worked at blue sky for long enough that i started to feel like uh, maybe i should go to another place to you know challenge myself you know and Mm
2: -hmm.
0: you know train uh, myself with a different sort of um, setup Um, and obviously pixar is is one of a kind um, animation studio that kept making such quality work over the years so i wanted to work for pixar too so all the things just combined but of course director um coming to you directly hmm. that there you can't turn down it was yeah. such a such an honor for me to uh to come to pixar yeah um, yeah and i bet you love working here i i guess i do um it's been almost four years already um since i started here and uh it's been nothing but um incredible experience i'm learning you know what's great about it about what's great about working in this kind of business is that you get to collaborate with so many talented artists you're not alone worldwide
1: right worldwide
0: and Mm -hmm. you you learn so much from them you you feel like you're getting better and better every day as an artist and you gotta love that that's that there's nothing better than feeling like you're growing every Mm day oh yeah yeah, and challenge too, I'm
1: sure. Yes. Now, um, how much of the work today is done by computer? Is it almost all done by computer? Or so? so,
0: as far as my job goes, you know, my job is to create uh, sort of concept illustrations for the film. You know, so like storyboarding, sort of. Or? Storyboarding is a little bit different, but in a way similar. You know, storyboarding. Mm-hmm. You know, they're the ones who come up with the story, and we are. You know, I belong to art department, we call it art department, and we, we designed the world. We designed, you know, from characters to the buildings to the, the vegetations to the light, you know, that's my territory, light and color of the objects, characters mm-hmm. and everything. Because animation, you have to create everything from scratch. Mm. So a um, lot of times, you know, these days, we do use computer to create like a computer painting program like Photoshop. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, or even, um, you know, lately, uh, you know, we use sometimes some 3D work to help, um, but mostly it's a 2D computer programs like Photoshop. And, Mm. uh, what's great about it is that you, you can, some, you know, you can show the paintings or drawings to the director. Um, if there's a change, you can change it very easily. And we are Mm. always up against very tight, uh, schedule that we... We can't really be um, sort of sort of. We can't really be um, caught up in a pretty picture. Um, like we're mm-hmm. not really creating artwork for you know sake of artwork. We're creating artwork for the film for the mm-hmm. product. So uh, that's something we keep ourselves you know in check in a way that that we don't. Uh, you know we don't spend too much time creating pretty pictures you know Mm
1: -hmm, mm
0: -hmm. from start to finish a project like toy
1: story 3 Mm -hmm. how many years does something like that take
0: um it really depends. I think the director uh, and the writer, they might have started five years before the release date, four or five years before the release date. It's a long, long mm-hmm. process because they start writing. For me, it was a three-year stint, which is still a little bit longer than most of people. Like people like animators or even uh, production people who actually make the film. Like I'm the one who sets up the the direction style direction uh, visual direction Mm -hmm. Uh, so we, we tend to stay longer you know i come on in the beginning start creating the world designing the world and then i stay until the end to work with the production people like lighting department or texturing department uh to uh to work with them but um so for me it's three years but directors and writers you know uh, maybe not writers because writers come off the project kind of early but the director usually uh spends f- at least four years from start to finish wow yeah it's a long process yeah now uh do you ever do any voice over here uh, i'm so glad you asked uh i you mean me personally well well
1: sure you but i mean uh, any anyone is voice over done here at pixar or?
0: yeah so the voice recording studio we have at pixar we bring in uh, actors yeah. uh, to record it, but but also sometimes you know Pixar employees yeah. do do the, uh, the voice. And I have <laughs> it's been my childhood dream, seriously, my dream to <laughs> to do a cartoon voice since I was a kid. And uh, the fact that I'm a Japanese person is very difficult because I have a little accent, you know, very uh, little. And um, and you know they if they need a real American characters, I, they can't cast me. Mm-hmm. But this upcoming movie uh, has um, the movie I'm not actually working on as a production uh, artist, but uh, they have a, a environment in Japan, so mm-hmm. they have some background characters that are Japanese, and I was um, able to. Uh, usually, it's called a scratch voice recording, so mm-hmm. you do. They usually use uh, Pixar employees t- for the temp temporary uh voice and then they oh. usually hire actors to replace them yeah. but sometimes i did a, a lot of scratch voice recording but one character they didn't replace with a real actor because they liked my voice All right so i i my voice stayed in the movie i just right. actually a okay. few days ago they sent me a contract and and mm-hmm. um, and I'm in a movie. Only right. two lines, though. So. That's okay. <laughs> but still, my dream comes true. So yeah, yeah, very very happy about that. <laughs>
1: now, do you ever get to meet any of the actors here? Do
0: they do they go around the campus? Sometimes they do. Yeah, sometimes mm-hmm. they do. Uh, um, you know, and uh, people like Tom Hanks and uh, Tim Allen, and they have you know they've been working since the beginning of the Pixar films. I mean, they are oh, yeah. the voice of Woody and and Buzz on Toy Story. Yeah. Uh, Tom Hanks gave us his personal gift, you know, um, to the crew. Oh, um, nice. And I think uh, Pixar has a special place in their hearts, you know, and, mm-hmm. which is great, which is just really uh, fantastic. But yeah. uh, but I got to say, a lot of times uh, those actors in Hollywood, uh, they recorded in L.A., so sure. we don't often get to see them all the time, but then they do come... Um, to pixar every once in a while mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. about how many people are working here at this studio so at this point uh pixar has about i think 1200 if i'm really? i could be wrong by now but then that was wow. it's it has grown pretty big yeah. yeah so just quickly i don't
1: want to get into this too much let's just go through what is the steps on creating something like toy story 2 there's a the conception then there's the writing of the story and kind of can you just
0: walk us through a quick Sure. So you know, first they come up with the outline of the story,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, and uh, I'll just do a very quick, simple version sure. uh, without getting into details. Quick sort of concept of the story, outline of the story, and then the writer and director works on the, the script. Mm-hmm. You know, and then they do storyboarding. Storyboarding is sort of like the first visualization of the story, but it's still like trying to kind of finesse the story in a storyboarding stage, and then art department comes in where we design characters we design sets you know or the environments we design lighting color everything mm-hmm. so that happens so art department's work is sort of all on in a way to 2d like it's all mm-hmm. either drawings or paintings and then based on the, con- the visual concept in a story Production people all come at once. Like animators will animate the characters, mm-hmm. um, and um, we modelers uh, actually model the characters and really? buildings and everything uh, on the you computer. You mean like th- three-dimensional? Three-dimensional, like sculpturing the pieces. We there? actually have a sculptor really in the art department. So yeah. the because we our movie our movies is all three D, um, three computer generated. Though. Oh, also so three-dimensional illusion, right? So it's not a hand-drawn hand, hand drawn animation. It's a computer animation. Oh, okay. So in order to capture that three-dimensionality, we always sculpt the characters before he goes into the computer
2: mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
0: as a sketch, you know? Mm. And then everything will go into computer. Modelers, model. Animators, animate. Lighters, lighting department, lights, the scenes. It's just kind of like a puppet, almost like a puppet theater, you know? You create the puppet, someone will sort of animate the puppet, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And someone has to light the theater, light the set, you know, to make sure the puppet um, is staged. Uh, And the voice acting actually comes before, uh, usually voice acting comes when we were storyboarding, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Now, just on that particular subject, mm -hmm.
1: does the voice acting happen first and then the animation matches it? Right. Yeah, it seems like the logical way,
0: yeah and uh, you know a lot of times voice actors bring their own bring something extra to the characters you know mm-hmm. and that would help uh, inform animators what kind of character that person is what wow. kind of acting they would put in because animators are basically the actors of the film mm-hmm. um, but voice acting will help them you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and of course you know sometimes voice acting um kind of comes late, you know, uh, mm-hmm. so basically they do a temp voice, and then... You the say scratch. Scratch voice, mm-hmm. and then the real actors come in. Still, they try to bring all the final voice in the beginning, but then oftentimes they have to replace it in the middle of production. It's it's not like a assembly line. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you know, story, story, like even the writer is writing while we're making, you know, because <laughs> the story is not complete. Like a lot of times, story is never perfect until the last minute. Like really? they're writing wow. up until the end of the production. Sometimes, you know, uh-huh. so it's never like we have the perfect script and we just have to match. It's it's always very a very malleable process throughout. Uh, luckily, Toy Story three. Had a very strong script from the beginning because we had a Oscar-winning writer, um, Mike Mike Arndt, um, um, who had a very very solid writing in the beginning. So it was it was a little bit easier process. Um, mm-hmm. I heard it's a rare even at Pixar um, <laughs> because it's, it's a very difficult difficult process. Um, sure, I can see why it takes so long.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. Now uh, getting back to three D, or I know a lot of movies are or 3D these days. Mm-hmm. Is, there, is there a move toward doing that? And, is an, and if so, how difficult is that to do on?
0: So right now, you mm-hmm. know, um, and I gotta say, I, I wouldn't know too much about the details of this sort of, you know, stereo. Um, View, uh, stereo. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but at the same time, like we, you know, up our last two movies we did in 3D, but when we were making it, we didn't think about anything of it, you mm-hmm. know? It we, we just made everything as if it was shown on a 2D screen, mm-hmm. and they sort of kind of turned it into 3D after, like in the end. So I'm huh. curious really? though, like in the, in the future, where um, the, sort of the, the movement towards 3D might kind of force us to uh, to think about, the three-dimensionality while we're making a film, you Mm -hmm. know, and really kind of plan out uh, accordingly. I'm not sure if that's going to happen, but I have a feeling that's going to happen at some point. At this point, we're not really thinking about 3D while we're making too much, Mm -hmm. you know. But that might change. That could change, yeah. Because, you know, when we saw Avatar, that movie had to be in 3D, -hmm. and it just kind of gives a different experience. Oh, yeah. And at this point, you know, people might be, you know, looking, looking, looking for it. You know. Yeah. More. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I wouldn't
1: have wanted to really watch that movie unless it was 3D. Right. 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 That was really something. A lot of times in movies, they will shoot scenes and they'll, they'll delete pull scenes out of a, a movie and just as deleted scenes. Does that happen
0: also? in... These? It it totally happens, but uh, in animation we want to avoid that as Not much I'm as sure. possible because the t- you Ten know, hours in it. Yeah, because in live action you can shoot for ten hours, and then you can edit down to ninety-minute movie. Uh, in animation we can't do that we, yeah. because we because everything has to be handcrafted from scratch from nothing. If yeah. you animate uh, for ten hour ten hours of footage. That's a this huge waste and yeah. that's the reason why we do a lot of lot of preparation We try to storyboard everything and we try to design everything in art mm-hmm. very carefully so that once it goes into production we don't uh, waste too much money and time you know ideally if the movie is ninety minutes we try to have a 90 minute story cut story cut meaning so we we make a movie with sound and, and temp voice with the storyboarding. So you only see the storyboarding, but then for 90 minutes you have the story cut. And if that, if the story cut really works well, all you have to do is to make it into uh, uh, actual, you know, film production um, Mm -hmm. animation, right? Having a a very solid story cut before we start production is very ideal, idealistic. Uh, Unfortunately, it doesn't happen all the time. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, like I said before, Sometimes story is not completely baked, so we have to kind of start animating, and and then you know they try to f- kind of fix the story as we go, you know, which is not ideal, but unfortunately that's the way it is a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Now uh, this might be a
1: hard question to answer, but if you took one minute of animation that you're watching on the screen, could you give an approximate idea of how long that would take to create?
0: Oh, that's a really tough, a tough one, isn't time. it? Well, because, you know, one minute of animation, you know, if you're only talking about animation, that's one
1: Yeah, let's just one talk thing, about just animation. Know.
0: But, you know, we have to light like the animation. We have to model the then character. We, yeah, we have to okay. create the background. But the animation, you know, because I'm not an animator, so I wouldn't really know. But uh, But one minute of animation is a long, long footage, and that could take weeks and weeks and maybe even months, you know, because um, that's a lot of, lot of um, work, Mm -hmm. yeah. Wow. Um, I'm
1: going to get your art in a little bit here, but just a, a question. Is there anything
0: lined up that you can talk about, lined up for the future? Um, unfortunately, the movie I'm working on, a Pixar, I can't, I cannot talk about it still. Okay. Um, yeah. Hopefully soon, but uh, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun for sure. <laughs> um, we're we're working, you know, in a sort of beginning stage. Um, and when is that expected to release? How many uh, years, years I think maybe two years. Two years. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I've been working on it for about a year. Yeah. Wow. Now, out of the twelve hundred people that work here. How many are actually involved in the process itself? Sure. Again, I wouldn't actually know the actual number, but uh, uh, obviously, we have about three film productions going usually at the same time, Mm -hmm. and each production requires about 200 people. Um, Hmm. And you know, of course, and we have uh, people working on the future future uh, projects. Yeah. So you can kind of do the math, and there are a lot of people who are not involved with film production side. You know, they could be. In a marketing side, they could be in. Uh, they could be HR. They could be security staffs because mm-hmm. we have the campus um, quite large. You know, we have the cafeteria staffs. You know, um, so you know, I think they're counting all those people as well. Yeah,
1: yeah. Now, how involved do the writers themselves get? And do they actually come in here? And does that ever happen where they get involved in? The it, animation and
0: story. Sure, a lot of times they try to use the writers in house. You know, in mm-hmm. other words, uh, Pete Docter, who was the director of Up, um, he was the he was one of the writers. You know, of the movie and mm-hmm. co-director of Up, Bob Peterson also was a writer, and Andrew Stanton, who did Wall-E, mm-hmm. he he is a writer as well. So he he writes uh, his own movie and. And uh, so you know, it's they don't necessarily bring in outside writers um, all the time. Um, for Toy Story 3, they did bring Michael Arndt, and um, but Michael Arndt actually worked here um, in house. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, he was he was involved with you know the process of uh, the movie quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, one last question about this
1: part of it, the Pixar part. What uh, I'm sure in the four years that you've been here you've seen a lot of technological changes. Do you think that there's going to be any type of breakthrough with technology that's going to help the artists and animators?
0: Do you think it's growing toward that way? I think so. I mean I think you know CG animation is still a young medium compared to mm-hmm. all the other sort of art form and I, I think we're still have yet to explore everything you know, and um, and I, it's going to you know. My hope is that you know, uh, technology can help us create these films a little bit faster and a little less costly. You know, because mm-hmm. uh, right now we are our, our uh, production requires a lot of money to make each film. Sure. So even if we make a lot, you know, a lot of money in the box office, it's never enough. Or 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 if if anything, maybe. The pressure of having to, you know, make $100 million in the box office could limit our creativity sometimes, you know? Mm -hmm. Like if you want to do, experiment something, if we don't have to spend so much money to create a film, maybe we can come up with something, something better, something different, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not only talking about Pixar, but just in general in the CG industry, I think if we can start creating things a little bit more efficiently, you know? We have a lot of exciting uh, possibilities, you know, ahead. I feel like.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are there any, and do you think there will be artists that are totally computer-only? In other words, they work with just computer. Sure.
0: I I think we already have those people. We do. You know? Okay. Like computer graphics. I computer, computer graphics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. And a lot do they of sell their work? Can That's a good question. That's a really good question. <laughs> I I actually do not know how how that works. You know, I've seen some you know contemporary galleries selling prints created by a computer. Really? You know, yeah. Um, that could be one of the future that we can't you know we can't ignore. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I I personally love the actual you know sort of a real artwork that you can really physical artwork you can touch and you can really hold yourself and there's something to that 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 cannot be reproduced you know exactly the same way and so if anything this computer the advancement of computer might even bring the value of physical artwork or the art world um, Mm -hmm. even higher that's my guess like you know i think actual like really really good painting like real actual painting like oil painting or watercolor whatever Mm -hmm. um i feel like will you know be more valuable in a way that you know because there's so many people might shift towards computer Mm -hmm. Mm um yeah for the real and i personally you know that's why i personally always keep doing traditional you know painting on my own outside of pixel work because um there's something to it that that cannot be replaced by computer
1: sure yeah it's good to know I noticed also in your paintings on your website some of your colors are just amazing now do you work with special type
0: of oils uh no I, I <laughs> thanks for saying that but I uh, I have a very um, simple setup you know I years ago maybe about 10 12 years ago I, I switched from traditional oil paints to uh water water soluble oils oh really um the second person i know that's on that artist and you know there there was a reason for me because you know i was getting i always lived in a small space like you know because i lived in new york and i now live in san francisco so my my studio space is very small so i i wasn't um I was getting sick a lot, you know, with the turpentine, sure. and yeah. and uh, and I switched to water soluble, and in the beginning it was a little bit difficult, but then after I got used to it, it it's it's great. The colors are very limited, um, really, with the uh, uh, water soluble oils, but except for certain colors, I feel like if you are a good colorist, you don't need many colors. You can create colors, mm-hmm. so. Right. Right. You know that's kind of how I learned you know um you can almost create every color with four or five uh uh tubes of you know paints mm-hmm. and uh that, that's right that really forced me to think about color without relying on the actual color the tube, color. tube colors yeah. yeah yeah so uh in a way that um that that's probably my training, you know
1: mm-hmm. now, how long would you say it takes you to paint a painting from the beginning? To the end, and w- before you answer that question, just quickly, the water-soluble oil does that dry about the same time as regular oil? Just
0: about the same. Sometimes mm-hmm. it dries a little bit faster if you are painting thin, mm-hmm. uh, because uh, and you know if you are painting in the in a dry sort of environment, um, because you know you're relying on water to you know um, water is your solvent, right? Mm-hmm. But even when even before I switch to water-soluble, I don't use. Uh, too much solvent when i paint you know that's only when i wash my brushes i pretty much use uh linseed oil to kind of uh, thin out my painting paints mm-hmm. and i paint pretty thick so and that's you can use linseed oil with water yeah solvent? they have a water soluble linseed oil too yeah. <laughs> which makes no sense to me and yeah, yeah. they they say it's water soluble okay but um yeah so you know for me drawing time makes... Uh, it's almost the same. It's mm-hmm. pretty much the same, you know. Some certain colors, if you paint really thick, it, it's it's wet for like weeks, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: And how long does it usually take you to do a painting? And it, uh, that's, a, that's a tough question because I don't know which painting...
1: Alright, there's or, a guy holding a fire nozzle or something. Though. Oh yeah, yeah like that, you, yeah, that... The great colors in that one.
0: That was maybe... maybe... I had two sessions, maybe two hour sessions each time and then I had mm-hmm. because normally I paint like sort of uh, I paint really loose and you know sort of underpainting and then I finish it in a second I try not to spend too much time on each painting just so that um, I can kind of keep that f- fresh you know um mm-hmm. immediacy You don't want to overdo it that's my yeah that's yeah. Ho- that's what I always try to try to do yeah. yeah it's
1: very good now uh just wrapping it up here do you uh can you tell us who some of your
0: favorite artists are i mean i have so <laughs> many uh and but then as far as painter goes um one of my favorites is uh Joaquín Sorolla the spanish painter from 19th century
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh sorolla was just one artist that i because he was the painter of light as well. And I just just admired his work. When I went to Madrid, you know, I I just went, I kept going back to his museum, his his private house turned into his museum now. And I went there, maybe, um, I went there maybe four, I went there like maybe four or five times, you know. I even painted in his garden. Uh, So, uh, you know, John Singer Sargent, you know, uh, and there's so many, 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 many. Um, How about illustrators that you work with? Do you have, like... Oh, I work with, uh, or... Or
1: just illustrators contemporary, that
0: you Contemporary? Know? Yes, okay. living. Yeah. Living illustrators. Uh, there is a there's an illustrator in France. Uh, she's probably my favorite contemporary artist, uh, Rebecca Dutrimer, who uh, was a part of the auction. Um, oh, yes. She's one of the leading children's book artists in france right now Oh, i think i actually
1: remember who she is
0: yeah and i became very good friends with her uh but oh my goodness her work it's it's absolutely my favorite right now Hmm. but of course i have i'm such a fan boy you know artist. so i just love so many like we have like uh you know peter desev and you know um there is an Argentinian artist, uh, Carlos Niñe, you know. Uh, Frederick Buck, he's a, he's a legendary animator from uh, Montreal. I had a, a fortune, you know, to uh, meet him um, about a couple months ago. Hayao Miyazaki is one of my heroes. He's the film director. Um, he uh, He's the director of Spirited Away, Princess Mononoke, and My Neighbor Totoro, and he's absolutely my favorite storyteller um and uh you know yeah so um many 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 artists like i (laughs) if i have to list it's gonna be will be another day yeah exactly
1: (laughs) all right well that's great well this has been really informative and a lot of fun this is martin willis with dice Satsumi, and we're signing off